Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to cover Hebrews chapter 7, and the author is trying to encourage his readers to stay with Jesus. They've been persecuted. Uh, they've been put in prison. They've, they've lost their possessions. They've been beaten. And because of this persecution, they're turning away from Jesus and going back into Judaism. And so he starts out by telling his readers that Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. And, th- and this is a, a key point in today's chapter because Moses... W- well, God used Moses to give his people, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, the law. And, and, and so the Hebrew author is telling his Jewish audience that Jesus is even better. He is greater than Moses. And they have so much respect for Moses. And, and we'll see in, in just a little bit that, that uh, even though Moses was the lawgiver, Jesus is greater than Moses. And he says that Jesus is our great high priest. And, and, and we're going to see how he, he is he, he's telling them that uh, Jesus is the great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he had just explained in the last chapter how Melchizedek is so great because uh, Abraham, another person that the Jews respected highly because he is their, the father, the, uh, the father of the Jewish nation or the people, the Hebrew people. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said that uh, Melchizedek was greater than Abraham because Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And, and, and then he takes a passage out of Psalms that talks about Jesus being the great high priest after the order of Melchizedek forever. And so he is encouraging his people, his readers, to stay with Jesus despite being persecuted. He says, once you cross that finish line, it's all going to be worth it. But you have to stay with Jesus. You have to cross that finish line. And, 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 and But once you do, you will be glad that you did. And he, he emphasizes that if they leave Jesus, that they're going to this empty religion because God is, is, is no longer in the temple. And, and at this time when the, the book of Hebrews is being written, uh, the temple is still standing. Now, it's going to be destroyed uh, not too long from when this letter is written by the Roman uh, the Roman army and the Roman authorities. Uh, they're going to, just like Jesus said it was going to happen, they, and now I've covered this in a, a previous podcast and, and even shared some eyewitness account from what they saw as the temple was burning. Uh, but the temple was absolutely destroyed, just like Jesus said it would and, and and so god is no longer in the temple and 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 those all those sacrifices that they're going to be making if they go back into judaism they're they're worthless now and that's why he's trying to explain to them to stick with jesus because jesus is better and at uh at the end of chapter six god is making this promise to abraham and god kept that promise because he made an oath unto himself and, and and the hebrew author said god cannot lie therefore god's making promises he made promises to abraham and he came through because of his oath that he made to himself and so he's trying to uh, bring confidence 
to these people. And he, he says, uh, because we have this promise from God, because uh, God made these promises with an oath and God cannot lie, that this confidence uh, or these, these promises and this oath, it should bring us confidence. And this confidence is an anchor to the soul. And then uh, at, at, the, at the end of chapter 6, he's going to end with this statement. He says, Jesus has already gone in there for us. Talk about heaven. He's already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And and, and that's how he ends chapter 6. But and, and once again, this is a, that was a bad place for a chapter break, even though they are convenient, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, bad place because all of chapter 7 just goes into more uh, detail on Melchizedek. And uh, I'm not going to go into detail about Melchizedek, but I'm going to just make some comments on on this chapter as we go through it, uh, because I've covered Melchizedek in a previous chapter. But um, I want to reread what he ends with chapter 6. He says, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal, and that's the key word, eternal high priest uh, in the order of Melchizedek. If you think about what the priest yeah, they, they made sacrifices on behalf of the people. And 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 what he's going to explain in chapter 7 is these these priests, all they, they, they were ordained by God to do a duty on behalf of the people, they 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 died because they were human. And 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 so their their priesthood would come to an end. And and so he's going to explain to them in chapter 7 that yes, Jesus died, but he rose again in three days. And he is alive forevermore, never to die again. And he is now sitting at the Father's right hand in a place of honor. And that's what he's been saying all throughout the book of Hebrews so far. And he is saying he's already gone into heaven for us. And he literally is there for us. He is making intercession on our behalf to the Father. And he says he has become our eternal high priest. In other words, his priesthood will never end it, it it's eternal it's forever and and he's so he is forever making intercession on our behalf and i say praise god thank you jesus hallelujah because uh that means as long as i am sticking with jesus his blood washes my sins away and and god's wrath is held back away from me and from you if you follow jesus and you're walking with jesus and it means that when when we take our last breath on this earth, we can we can die with confidence, with a surety that we will be with Jesus forever and ever for eternity. And so we move into chapter 7. And as I said, he goes into more detail on Melchizedek. And I just want to read uh, the first 14 verses and make a few comments. He says that Melchizedek was the king. Uh, and, and, the, and if you haven't listened to the, the previous podcast about Melchizedek, there's just not very much about Melchizedek that we know. He's like this mysterious character in uh, the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, and he meets with Abraham, and he's mentioned in Psalms, and pretty much what he says in these first 14 verses is all we know about Melchizedek. And so he says, Melchizedek was a king of the city of Salem and also a priest of the God Most High. When Abraham was returning home after uh, winning a battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. And then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. And the name Melchizedek means king of justice, and king of Salem means king of peace, Salome. 
There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Consider then how this how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now the law of Moses required that priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel, who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the one the ones who collect the tithe paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi wasn't born yet, and that's the, 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 priest, uh, the priestly tribe would come from Levi, but for although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? And if the priesthood is changed, the law must uh, also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is our Lord, the great high priest, Jesus, he came from the tribe of Judah. And Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. That's right, because the, the priest came from the tribe of Levi. So, what's going on here in, in these first 14 verses of chapter 7? And I'll, I'll try to explain it as simple as I can. Um, the author is establishing the fact that the law that the Jews have been trying to live by it just couldn't get the job done. Uh, if you think of all the sacrifices that have been made by these priests for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years on behalf of the people, uh, including the animal sacrifice that God made to clothe Adam and Eve all the way back in what Genesis 2 or 3, uh, because when Adam and Eve seen, remember they try to cover themselves up with, with the, the leaves of, of the trees or the, the vines and, and it didn't get the job done and God sacrificed the very first animal and made clothing out of the animal's skin and so that was the first sacrifice um and and so that shows us and and, and paul even tells us in ephesians that god had an eternal plan he he knew before he ever made man that that we would blow it and that there would have to be a way to um for our sins to be washed away and, and, and for uh, that that penalty of sin to be justified. And that, that would have to come through Jesus. And so God had already established this plan, the cross and the, and the, and the tomb and, and the resurrection before man was ever formed from the dust of the ground and he breathed life into Adam's nostrils, uh, which is so cool of God to, to, to be able to do that. Um, so God gives the law to Moses 
and and listen to what and that's fast forward a, a lot of time there i know but he gives the law to moses and 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 listen to what moses tells the people in deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 10 he says listen O israel the lord is our god the lord alone and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength remember jesus said that what's the most important commandment that's what he said you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength but jesus went on to add the second one you know love your neighbor just as yourself so moses uh, tells israel he says you love uh, the lord is our, our the lord is our god the lord alone not not any of these pagan gods but the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at, when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. By the way, that's where the phylacteries uh, come into play that the Pharisees are wearing. Uh, the bigger the phylactery, the smarter they are, the more scriptures that they know. Sometimes they wore them on their forehead. Sometimes they would wear them on uh, their wrist. But that's where they get the idea from. Uh, tie them to these scriptures. Tie them to your hands uh, and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord, your God, will soon bring you into the land he swore to to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, we know Abra uh, Abraham. We know that the Jews uh, failed at this because Judges 2.10 says that there arose a new generation that did not know the Lord, and they were very rebellious. And that's why God would have to come in and basically wipe out, well, he let the Babylonians come in and destroy Jerusalem and the temple and, and the people that they didn't kill, they were carried into to, uh, captivity back uh, into Babylon and surrounding areas. Um, so the Jews then, they, they had the law, and they, they tried very hard, and still to this day people still, still live by it, but they tried very hard to, to live by the law and to be pleasing to God, but they failed often. And when someone... Uh, if you think about this, when somebody has been told something or been taught something from childhood and they grow up with those beliefs and they're doing the practices that, that go along with it, it's very, very difficult. It's hard to convince them that, that what they believe is wrong and then they need to change. Um, they, you know, it, I'll try to use a sports analogy, uh, and this is probably... Um, probably a bad analogy but um playing i grew up playing baseball and, and 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 it's easy in sports to pick up bad habits like when you're batting and 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 i had a uh a, a it wasn't a weird batting stance but it it wasn't it wasn't textbook i'll just put it that way and uh, so i'd get up there to bat and i'm in my my batting stance and and, and my coach was just constantly saying you, you need to pick up your elbow and bend your knees and, and just yell out all this stuff from the dugout. And uh, I, I was the batting champ on our, our, our baseball team. I think I was 10 years old at the time, 10 or 11. I can't remember which one. Um, made all-stars every year. I was pretty good in baseball. I'm not saying that braggingly. I'm just saying uh, it, just in sports, we all do this. We it, Free throw shooters especially, we, we have our own style, our own methods. Even even the, 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 the best shooters in basketball – 
They pick up uh, bad tendencies or, or uh, the, uh, a bad form or whatever in their shot, and, and and so a coach will come along and correct their form, and, and so th- their their shots even improve. Well, this is what basically what is going on uh, with these Jews. They they they've been and I'm not saying there's uh, anything wrong with the law because the law, like Paul says, and I believe it's in Romans, he talks about how the law, it, it, the law, it brought sin to our attention. It made us know what sin is, but the people could not follow the law. There was only one person that followed the law to a T and never messed up one time, and that was Jesus. People, the Jewish people, in even the Gentile people who try to follow uh, Judaism and follow the law. If if you break one law, you've broken all the law. And that that just puts everybody right there in one category. We're all sinners. We all break the law. Uh, and, and, and we cannot do it. Jesus did it. But we cannot do it. And, and, and so they have been taught a certain way. This is how you are to be pleasing to God. And in Genesis 17, there, God had made this covenant with Abraham with circumcision. And that's when it all kicks off. And, 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 and so for thousands of years, you, you've got this system. Uh, and it's based off these sacrifices. And the priests are having to make sacrifices for themselves because they're sinners. And so they're making sacrifices for themselves on a daily basis. And then they would go in and make uh, an atonement for the people once a year. And they would uh, go into the holiest of holies and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. And they'd come out and they would put their hands on the scapegoat and send the scapegoat out into the countryside. Um, but all of these sacrifices, they could never, ever wash away sin it it would cover the sin symbolically but it never thousands upon thousands probably millions of animals that were sacrificed never washed away one sin it covered them and jesus comes along and jesus the great high priest never sinned and, and the, we'll see here in a little bit, the Hebrew author is going to say that he makes a once and for all sacrifice on our behalf, on behalf of all people. And, and, and he doesn't have to keep making those sacrifices. The sacrifice that he made himself, the Passover lamb crucified on the cross, and he comes out of that tomb victorious three days later and is resurrected, and then he is going to send back to the Father. That was a once and for all sacrifice that would forever Cleanse us from our sins as long as we put our trust and our faith in Jesus and stay with Jesus. And what's going on here is he, he, he is trying to explain to them that the, these earthly priests that they were looking uh, to and they're going back into Judaism, they, even those earthly priests that they were going back to to serve under, they're, 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 they're going to come to an end. Their, their priesthood will eventually end because they're going to die. And that's what he's going to say here in just a little bit. And so he's saying... That they need to look to the eternal priest. Yes, you've been persecuted, but don't take your eyes off Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stick it out. Cross the finish line with Jesus. Because this law that you're following in this Judaism, uh, this religion of Judaism, and, and going back to the temple, that temple is empty now. The, the veil has been torn 
when Jesus died on the cross, and and so we and he's telling them in previous chapters we have direct access to God now. You don't have to go before a priest and 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 have the priest to. To, to make the sacrifice on your behalf. You now, through Jesus, because he's already entered into heaven and he's sitting at the Father's right hand, he's telling you now have direct access to the throne of God. And that's why he says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we can find help in our time of need. And that's exactly what these people were needing. They were needing help. And he's trying to, to get them to run to Jesus and not run from Jesus, but run to Jesus. And so he, he says, if, hey, if this system, the law, if it could save you, then why did God have to come up with a new way? Or why did God come up with a new way? If the priests in that system was so good and adequate to get the job done, then why is there a different priesthood? One from the tribe of Judah and not from the tribe of Levi. A priesthood that's after the order of Melchizedek and not Aaron or Levi. Jesus, our high priest, he came from Judah and not Levi. And Moses never mentioned anything about a priest from Judah. Keep in mind, too, that as I said a while ago, the temple's still standing at this point. And, 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 and why is that significant? It's because, uh, and, and this is key, at this point, with the temple still standing, they, they still have records uh, that, that go way back to the to the uh the days of Aaron and 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 the, the the tribes of Levi and they could literally trace the priesthood through a, a man's family line to prove that this priest uh was from th- that lineage and that he could be an actual priest that he would be a legitimate priest and and not too much longer after this letter is written the book of Hebrews the temple, like I said earlier, is going to be destroyed by the Roman authorities. And all of these records were destroyed and burned in the fire when, when the temple was destroyed. So today, even, the Jews can no longer prove that someone is from the tribe of Levi. Therefore, they cannot prove that anyone serving as a priest is a legit, legitimate priest. And the, So the author, he, he's telling his readers... Hey, don't put your trust in an earthly priest anymore because Jesus is the great high priest and that's who that we need to be looking to. In verses 15 through 28, he says this, and I'll make a few comments on that and and we'll, we'll wrap this one up. He says, This change has been made very clear since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence, and there's the key word for the, the people, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath, but there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. 
Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Thank you, Jesus. He is the kind of priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin, because he never sinned. He is the kind of high priest we need because he's holy and blameless and unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven, unlike those other high priests. He does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. And the law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. So he just keeps hounding that point in their head. That God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. So let me just uh, try to simplify what the author's saying in this passage. And we'll wrap this up. He's saying that Jesus is better than all the priests, every one of them, dating back to Aaron, all the way back to when this system first started. Jesus is better than any priest that ever made any sacrifice. Jesus is better. Why? Because these earthly priests died. They were buried. They're gone. Uh Jesus, on the other hand, he died. He was buried, but guess what? He came back to life, and he came out of that tomb. Three days later, he's seen by Mary and some other women. He's seen by the disciples. Then Paul talks about how he was seen by over 500 people. And then they, they watch him ascend into heaven 40 days later. And so Jesus is sitting at the Father's right hand, and he's alive forevermore. But since the priest died, see, their priesthood ended. But since Jesus is alive for eternity, his priesthood will never end. These earthly priests were sinners, and they had to make sacrifices on their own behalf on a daily basis. Which brings me to another thought about Paul when Paul says, I die daily. And that's what these earthly priests uh, were doing because they knew they were sinners, so they had to make sacrifices on their own behalf on a daily basis. And Paul's saying, I die daily. I, I'm, I'm sacrificing my needs and wants for yours, God, for yours, Jesus. I'm putting you on, Jesus. I'm living for you today and not me. Well, that's what the earthly priests were attempting to do uh, all throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament as they were making sacrifices for, the, uh, for, the, for themselves and for the people once a year. But Jesus, though, Jesus comes along. He never sinned. He fulfilled the law perfectly. And then he's going to offer himself on the cross because he, he says, I could call legions of angels to rescue me. Millions upon millions of angels would come and rescue Jesus from the cross. But he allowed himself to be treated the way he was, brutally, uh, brutally beaten, and, and then hung on the cross for six hours, struggling to breathe, and then he finally uh, gives up the ghost. But he, t he told Pilate, he, he says, because Pilate says, don't you know I have the, the, the authority, the power to, to set you free? And he says, you, you don't have any power over me, do you? You don't even know what you're talking about. This is from my father. This is my father's will. And he's allowing this to happen. I laid down my life for my sheep. That's basically what he's saying. 
He says, I, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. You have no power over me, Pilate. You're just a little weak human, even though you, th- you may have power over all these people, but not me. But Jesus, he, he, because he never sinned and he fulfilled the law to perfection and he willingly laid down his life on the third day, he come out of that tomb victorious, right? And he, and he's seen by all these people. But he is our once and for all sacrifice. He didn't. He does not have to come back and keep on making sacrifices on behalf of himself because he never sinned. And he made that one-time sacrifice, as brutal as it was. And 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 Paul says that he is our Passover lamb. And so therefore. Uh, our sins can be washed away. We can be forgiven, but only in our sacrifice made by Christ. It is His blood that the Father looks down from heaven on our behalf, those of us who have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, and says, they're no longer guilty because of my son's sacrifice, because of the blood that he shed on that cross. But the earthly priests. They could not offer that. They, they, they could offer, and we'll see this when we get on deeper into the book of Hebrews, about all this, the blood from these animals. It, it could never wash away sin. It, just, it never washed away sin. It just covered them. But Jesus' blood washes our sins away, never to be remembered against us anymore. A passage in Psalm says, We're forgiven as far as the east is from the west. Well, if you're going east, you're always going east. If you're going west, you're always going west. Right? So, uh, the, the, it's not like God has amnesia and forgets our sin. It's just that uh, we are not penalized for our sin anymore. The earthly priests were limited because of human weaknesses. But here's the deal about Jesus. Jesus is omnipotent, which is a fancy word that means Jesus is all-powerful. He even says, he tells his disciples before he's uh, raised up into heaven, he says, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says, All power has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. Jesus is all powerful. Uh, these earthly priests were limited because they were human. Yes, Jesus was human, but he was also God and he was omnipotent. He is all powerful, which makes Jesus better than the angels, which Je- makes Jesus better than Moses. It makes Jesus better than any earthly priest. It makes Jesus better than the law. Jesus is better. That is the message. We're going full circle here. That is the message that he is wanting his readers to understand. Don't go back into Judaism, this this system of rules and sacrifices that are now empty and useless. You don't have to because there's, there's been a once and for all sacrifice made by our Messiah that we've been looking for for so long. He, he, he's been here and he's done that and he's now gone back into heaven. He's making intercession for us and he's given us his spirit and he's living inside of us. So why would you want to go back into this empty system of rules and regulations where these sacrifices mean absolutely nothing? You're just killing innocent animals for no reason. And if you don't think that this applies to us today, that this is just for the Jewish people, well, let me explain something to you. I'll put it very simple. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because we, we may not be turning away from Jesus and going back into some empty religious system such as Judaism, but you know what we do? We turn to many other things. 
We may not be turning to an empty religion. We may be turning to an empty religion. A lot of people do. And I'm not going to sit here and name and bash a bunch of religions, but they're out there. And people turn to them. Uh, they don't want none of this Jesus stuff, but they'll take some of this other stuff because it doesn't it doesn't con, uh, convict them of their sin. When we come to the light, when we come to Jesus, our sins are exposed, and we don't like what we see. I mean, nobody should like that. And so uh, uh, we stay away from Jesus. We don't we stay away from the light because we would rather live in darkness, and that's what Paul talks about in some of his writings. But um, we, uh, we so we can turn to religions. Uh, we can turn to alcohol, we can turn to drugs, we can turn to pills, we can turn uh, to, to women, we can turn to men, uh, sex, uh, social media, uh, binge some Netflix or Hulu. Uh, just There's all kinds of stuff that people choose to turn to instead of turning to Jesus. But when we turn to other stuff... Instead of turning to Jesus to fill that void in our lives, let me tell you something. They are empty. They're empty. They are absolutely useless. Oh, you you might enjoy that uh, that high or that buzz for a little while, but it, when you wake up in the morning, you're still going to be empty, and you're going to have a hangover to deal with. Yeah, you 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 may enjoy that sex with that woman or that man. You may have a high for uh, 30 minutes to an hour, however long you go. But you know what? It, it, it's, only, it's temporary. And, and it's going to be empty in the long run. It's not going to save you. It's not going to get you into heaven. Matter of fact, if you're not married, it's sin. And, and, and that's destroying yourself. Um, you may enjoy binging Netflix all day long or Hulu all day long or YouTube all day long. Um, and, and that's fine. Enjoy those shows. But you know what? Those shows, the series runs to an end. And, and there's no more that until they make some more. So it, 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 and it's just a show. It's not even reality. It's not even real. It's actors. It's empty. There's only one place that we can turn to. One person that we can turn to to fill this void in our lives that is lacking, and that is Jesus Christ. That's the way God designed us. That's the the way God made us. And He wants us to come to Him. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Why would we choose all this other empty stuff and reject the only way to heaven? Jesus. Why would we choose all of this junk that is empty and useless and, 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 and worthless and reject Jesus, who gave everything on Calvary's cross and come out of that tomb victorious saying, Hey, I got your back. I got what you need right here. I'm going to send to my Father, and I'm going to make intercession on your behalf. I'm going to give you so much love that you you, you just don't even know and understand the love that I have. I've got so many blessings waiting to give you. All you have to do is come to me. And yet, we don't. We go to all these other empty things instead of going to Jesus. And I'm just going to ask you as we close this podcast, please give Jesus a try. Just give him a try. And as the psalm says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you, when you, when you taste Jesus and, and you get that sweetness in, in your mouth, it, it, 
I, I can't even explain. It's greater than any high. It's greater than any buzz. It's greater than any anything that you could imagine. And if, if I can help you in any way to answer any questions you have about Jesus, about the Bible, about God's Word, please email me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will promptly get back with you. If, if I can't reach you locally, I will find somebody in your area that will help you uh, to know Jesus and to follow Jesus. And if you're struggling in your walk, like these Hebrew uh, Christians, like these Jewish Christians were, we would love to pray for you. So again, email me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today, and I'll pick up with Hebrews chapter 8 in the next podcast. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.